Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Opera Offstage. I'm Jesse, And I'm Michelle. And today, we are going to do an episode all about protecting and taking care of your mental health while trying to become a musician. And going through music school. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, it's something that I think schools very lightly try to address, but nobody really gets into it. A lot of people are not particularly honest about how hard it can be. And there's, I think there's a lot in a lot of art forms. <laughs> there's a little bit of, I don't know, the idea of like, you know, art is pain. Oh, very much so. Art is pain, but also like art should be just this never ending well that you can draw from. And it's all like sunshine and rainbows and the two kind of coexist. And it's like, if you are doubt have doubts or aren't doing well, like that says something about you as an artist or as a person and it's like wait what so these two ideas that art is pain and that like art should always be easy are these really two weird things that exist for musicians and artists in general and it kind of sucks it really messes you up it really does it's you're right it's it's these two opposing ideas like it should always be easy but also your life must be immense pain for you to actually be artistic which is funny because i gotta tell you i've once you're in art long enough, you'll realize there are tons of people who are mentally healthy and happy who are also great artists. Imagine. It's almost like a lot of art is pretending. Imagine. Anyway, it's particularly, I think, good to, to talk about mental health in this month for Michelle and I, because it's been a very, very busy month. It has been such a busy month. Jesse, I don't know. We don't usually do this too often, but let's let's give a little life update to our to our listeners. Um, what's going on with you right now? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am getting ready to move cross country. And I'm going to be a lot closer to Michelle, which will be great <laughs> for Huzzah! us and Rob Rob stage. And also, it's just time for me to leave Tennessee again for so many reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> But it's a lot, you know. It, you forget how difficult it is. I went out there looking for an apartment and I was like, ah, this is going to take longer than I thought. So it's just, it's a lot to pack up your life and move cross country again. What about you, Michelle? What's been up with you? I also moved. <laughs> but not cross country. Shorter distance, like <laughs> but still significant. <laughs> yeah, I moved like 20 minutes away. <laughs> no, but <laughs> my boyfriend did the cross country move from Boston to uh, California and we have a nice little apartment outside of you know, north of Los Angeles, and we're in a very cute little residential neighborhood with our little dog. And it's been really nice, but it's been crazy. And trying to balance just like life and job and life and music and opera off stage has been nuts. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Honestly, like managing relationships and then work and then also trying to live a normal life and trying to get like eight hours. <laughs> I, of feel sleep. Like, I feel like I'm working like six full time jobs at the moment. Yep. So, uh, that's us. Your ladies are moving. We're we're moving and grooving. Moving and grooving. But it is going to be great because being near each other is going to allow us to make so much more cool stuff. So we're really looking forward to it. A little bit more YouTube action. Ooh. Hmm. Ooh. So that's our little life update. And we also have a couple of announcements. So our 30-day practice challenge starts tomorrow, friends, September 1st. If you want to join, the sign-up link is in our show notes. 
Or if you're following us on Instagram at Opera Offstage, you can just click that link in our bio. We give out a free welcome ebook with printables and weekly prompts. You get access to our private Discord channel where everybody can connect that's participating in the challenge. New this year, we have virtual cocktail hours. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's not singer specific. Pretty much any musician or artist can join. We've made it very general so that instrumentalists, composers, conductors, singers, um, and everybody in between can come and join and find some value out of, you know, structuring 30 days to practice. So check it out. Yeah. And like, don't be afraid if you are not able to do like, oh, I don't have time to do like a full app practice every single day for a month. I am literally going to be on the road moving for about 11 days of the upcoming month. So I'm going to be participating in a lot of like non-singing ways because I'd like my boyfriend to still date me after this. (laughs) I think if I sang in the car every time we were driving, he would lose his mind. (laughs) I love he just is riding in the front seat, like seat all the way back with the cello. (laughs) No one gets a break. Yeah. No one gets a break from practicing. You slam on the brakes. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh wow. I'm getting palpitations. <laughs> but yeah. So, whatever capacity you can participate in, don't be afraid. Just come join us, hang out, have a good time, get a little more practice in before audition and re- recording season happen again. Exactly. And then uh, let's move on into the episode. So, kind of the overview is that, you know, we wanted to talk about protecting your mental health as a musician, especially in preparation for this next year coming out of, you know, this freaking year and a half of COVID of, you know, things really starting to start up again with somewhat some normalcy. And then really just protecting your mental health, especially for everybody who's going into another school year. And then just a little disclaimer to be safe. (laughs) Everything we're going to talk about on this week's episode is all personal they're all anecdotes and opinions um we're just podcasters and opera singers and this is not a substitute for mental health treatment or a stable connection with a licensed medical mental health professional so if you are looking to get solid stuff from us don't expect to (laughs) we're just podcasters yeah that's just important to keep in mind because we'll give general advice but like there are obviously situations where you do need to seek the help of a professional yeah so i didn't have the easiest time through (laughs) Either of my rounds of music school, mental health wise, like when I when I actually got into college, I started getting panic attacks for the first time. And I think a lot of people go through that just with college in general, not even being music specific. But I think especially when you move into college, I think what a lot of people don't get is that you're moving into a level of like every level you go up in your education, you're going to be with people who are increasingly better at the thing they do and it's where a lot of people start experiencing things like imposter syndrome and all of that. And I definitely went through all of that in college. And I definitely had to start learning how to take better care of my mental health. Not only like seeing a therapist, I got diagnosed with ADHD. I got a lot better at <laughs> sleeping, eating, and taking general care of myself during college because I was trying to deal with my mental health. But I think my he- mental health got a lot better. Honest goodness, just getting out of music school, as awful as that is to say. Escaping the funnel. Yeah. But I don't think that anywhere in any of my music schooling, I think my voice teachers were great at dealing with it. Bless them. <laughs> but uh, I don't think the schools in general were very, they weren't always as invested as they could have been in preparing students to deal with the amount of frustration and rejection that, that comes from music school. Yeah. I mean, especially when you think about like undergrad, you know, you're what, like 
18 to 22 maybe like so much of your confidence and your ideas about your value and yourself are still being formed and so I feel like especially in undergrad like man it can be really really hard to be in a good mental space when you know you're the freshman you're on the chopping block when it comes to auditions and it's like you're looking at the seniors or maybe you go to an undergrad that also you're competing against grad students and it's like it's really easy to kind of slip into those not so great mental spaces and yeah I don't think a lot of schools really do what they need to do to really make sure that their students are being taken care of or at least giving them the tools to go off campus and and take care of themselves yeah or even I mean you know everyone gets into college at a different stage in their life it's also the first time for a lot of people they're entirely in charge of taking care of themselves and so suddenly this lack of structure and this you know increased competition and self-awareness and then also the the lesson of learning how much your parents did or didn't prepare you to be in charge of yourself (laughs) like it's a lot to collide at once yeah you know i think no matter what this next year has in store I think the thing to kind of keep in mind is to allow yourself to center yourself in whatever it is that you're doing. If you're going to school, you're in this program for a reason. Your voice or your instrument or your capabilities are what got you there. You know, if you're auditioning for this next thing, you know, you earned your place to be at that audition. So just really allow yourself to take up space and be okay with it and really be intentional about checking in with yourself um, even when you're doing really well and you know if you're going into this next school year your life and your work is not defined by the things that happen in this next semester or two it's about the entirety of the human experience of going to school of becoming your own person of refining your skills so really just try to take a broader scope and not Focus on all the little nitpicky details that go on in day-to-day life. And just make sure that you're checking in with yourself on a routine basis. Yeah. I guarantee you, it it feels very selfish the first time you do it. But for most of you, you're not centering yourself enough or taking your own priorities seriously enough yet. And so it's going to feel weird for a while. But it's a really important habit to get into. And it'll be important to a couple of the things we'll be talking about later. Sometimes you just have to have that main character energy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you should take... Never mind, I'm not going to make that joke. Um, <laughs> what were you going to say? I was like, yeah, you should really... Uh, you should get all your life advice from TikTok memes. <laughs> then you'll be doing just swell. I think the first step, and the hardest one, like I said, when you first get into school, is finding good balance. And that's so much easier to say than to do, because... When you get into college, everyone will be making demands of your time. Your friends, your family, your teachers, your directors. Like, it's it's a lot. Like, a lot is expected of you. And for every one of those people, their thing is the most important to them. But not every single one of their things can be the most important to you. So school and demanding life can make it seem like having good boundaries and sticking to them and, like, having balance is just super impossible if you actually want to be successful. Some things that can be really complicated to navigate with ma- balance is, like, the desire to be more successful or better than your peers because it just feels like you should be constantly doing, you know, more practice than the person next to you, more auditions, more competitions. There's also so many deadlines and it just feels like there's never enough hours to prepare and sleep and eat and drink enough water (laughs) and and actually be like a functional human being. And like you said, the, the expectations of yourself 
and your teachers and your faculty and your parents can just, like I said, everyone has something different that's most important to them. And you have your own things that are most important to you. And just that feeling of like, oh, I should always be doing more. Like if I do more, I'll be better. Yeah, we'll link in the show notes a very interesting article by Nathaniel Siley in relation to rational emotive behavior therapy or REBT. Because um, there is actually so much research on this idea that you should be doing things and just the way that you use language and setting these kind of out of reality based ideas of what you should be doing and kind of ways that you can reframe it that's a little bit more easy to digest and doesn't cause so much anxiety because you know when you say I should do something that's not in reality a better maybe wording of it is I want to be at this place I want to be doing this rather than I should be doing this or xyz um so i'll link that in the show notes it's a very interesting read but i also think it's just something that's really changed my mindset about balance is i think it's a much more active thing than we really realize balance to me is not passive to me you don't find balance and i think it's just maybe it's just semantics but it's like you do not stumble upon balance in your life it's something that you actively have to create it's something that you actively have to adjust to find i guess if you want to keep thinking about it as finding something but it's like if you're not just going to go through life and magically one day out of the blue just find balance you need to take a look at what is throwing you out of balance what fills you up what gets you excited what makes you feel really peaceful what makes you feel really full of anxiety and then pick and choose and create something for yourself to find or achieve balance. And so I think this looks like mainly setting boundaries, setting boundaries in the practice room with yourself, setting boundaries in performance on what your expectations are and, you know, how you receive feedback, setting boundaries at school with your personal relationships and dating and you know, setting boundaries, not always with just the obvious stuff, but with the little things that take up your time and energy. Like maybe you're like, I need to set a boundary with how much time I'm spending on Instagram, or I need to set a boundary on, you know, the amount I'm spending on chai lattes or something like that. But setting boundaries will definitely help you achieve or will at least help you get further towards achieving balance. Because when things are out of balance, we all kind of know that feeling. And we all know the feeling of being out of balance and being stressed and maybe being a little bit burnt out and knowing that you can't tap into your true connected self if you've passed your personal threshold. If you're just super drained, it's extremely difficult to make art, if not impossible, honestly. (laughs) I think we can all think of like maybe post juries, like, you know, like any sort of practice or anything like that after that you're just like goodbye I cannot I do not know how to read music I do not have thoughts about music I'm over it it's really really hard to pour from an empty cup and creating music requires us to be totally present it requires us to be completely vulnerable it requires us to be in a position that allows us to be fully open to the experience of making music and we just can't we just can't get to that place if things are totally out of balance if we're totally stressed if we're thinking about x y and z it's just not going to happen and you know you probably won't feel 100 happy with the music you make when you're running on fumes so yeah and i know that there are some people among you who are 
overachievers and there is a little voice in your head that lives there that says like if i don't give everything all the time like i won't be able to do something great i won't be able to make really cool things if i'm not constantly putting effort towards this and that little voice is a liar and you will never no matter how much time and energy and how much you achieve you will not satisfy that voice it will not serve you in any way it will burn you out and it will make you feel bad (laughs) perfectionism it's it's a greedy little monster that lives in people's heads yeah it is it's it's a side effect of of perfectionism this idea that like there is a way to achieve perfection and in art there isn't such a thing there is no such thing as perfection there is no absolute right way to do it and the more time you spend trying to figure out what's the perfect way to do this the more time you're wasting because there isn't and in searching for the perfect way you're going to copy a lot of people who have already done things and did them better because they came up with them there there just isn't a perfect in art and the more time you spend trying to find it the more ways you try to research it, like I said, you're just burning yourself out. You want to know a terrible fact, Michelle? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. People who spend more time researching to make decisions after a certain threshold, like, you actually are less satisfied than the people who just make a snap decision. That makes sense because you know, like, all the different pros and cons then. Yeah. You're always going to be thinking back, would I have liked this better if I had gotten X instead? Or if I had chosen to do Y instead? Well, it, it, yeah, it's like the grass is always greener on the other side. And you know yeah. the pros and cons on the other side you didn't pick. Stop thinking about the other grass. Yeah. <laughs> Stop thinking about the other grass. We live in a two-dimensional world. <laughs> there is no other side of the grass. <laughs> no, but it's it's very true. Like The more time you sink into these things and are obsessing about perfectionism, and the perfect this and the perfect that and the perfect grades, the perfect performance, the perfect, you know, musical choices, the more you're feeding, like I said, you're feeding a side of you that will never be satisfied with anything you do. You owe yourself balance and you owe yourself um, trust in your own decisions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a really good example of, you know, setting boundaries with yourself. And, you know, it's going to happen. There, there are going to be times when something encroaches on your boundaries and you allow it to. So a big question, you know, especially in music school is like, well, okay, if I did allow something to encroach on my boundaries, how do I recharge? And truthfully, the answer is going to be different for every person. I personally find that if I dedicate some time to really do some deep thinking, maybe you're a person who likes to meditate, maybe you're a person who likes to journal. But I usually find when something especially as like repeatedly crossing a boundary, I really need to kind of do some inner work and really think on it because you can't really come up with a solution so to speak if you don't take time to process why you're allowing this thing to you know cross a boundary or continually cross a boundary and really getting to a more recharged state should be your number one priority even if it means you have to you know pick and choose school assignments you know job shifts or other time consuming aspects of your life because once again can't make art at a level that you're going to be happy with if you're just running on fumes. But it definitely is good to really think about it. And I, it's kind of funny. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, and I want to give a quick shout out to our administrator, M, who helped a lot with this episode outline. And when we were chatting and building out this outline, we realized that we don't really talk about recovering from cross boundaries very often. Like we always talk about like, if you're going to listen to a self-help podcasts they're always like you need to set boundaries and never let anything cross them and you have to stick to them and it's like 
Okay, cool. Yeah, I think we, I think we all could agree that's a that's an approach. But we don't usually talk about well, something did cross this boundary. Now what? And the the advice usually tends to be like, well, don't do it again. But it's like really, that's the only thing that we can come up with. And I think when boundaries are continually crossed, it's kind of like stacking bricks, right? The repercussions add up over time. And the more times you let boundaries be crossed, that you don't stick to them. And that's not really your fault. Sometimes it's just like, you know, I set this boundary that I don't want to take on more than X amount of work because I know if I pass that threshold, I'm just going to be really burnt out. But sometimes, you know what, you have an assignment or you get hired for a last minute gig that you can't turn down. It's like, okay, it's not your fault. Um, It's just the way that it is. But what do we do from there? All these bricks start stacking up if you just allow boundaries to be crossed. And I think the most important thing is to just not let it become a habit, right? Yeah. You don't want to be like a wall builder. (laughs) You don't want to have so many bricks stacking up that you are truly trapped in the repercussions of these crossed boundaries. But I also think that spending time to reflect on why the boundary was crossed, you know, taking time to think, is this a boundary that's being crossed often? And what was it about the situation that made me feel that that was the that crossing that boundary was the best course of action, or maybe it was the only course of action available to me? Like, why was I in a situation that made me feel that way? You know, how does it feel in your body if this boundary that you've set is constantly being crossed? Like, are you listening to the signs it's telling you? Like, do you feel weird about it when you know that it's going to come up? Is this something like reoccurring? So really just being self-aware and noticing that because I think especially in school, Jesse, like you said, you have all these people in your life who have this version of you and these like these expectations of you in their mind that don't really live in reality. And what they expect of you is the most important thing to them at all times. And you really do kind of have to pick and choose sometimes. And so you really have to set some boundaries and for yourself and for your just general well-being to be able to navigate that. Yeah, I think, you know, you're right. It is like building a wall. I mean, every time you you don't really practice communicating and keeping boundaries, the harder it gets to be around people because you're not able to have the kind of relationships you actually want to have. Yeah. But the good news is that if you are a person who struggles with boundaries or is just struggling with mental health in general and trying to figure out like, how do I deal with anxiety? Like, what actually are my boundaries? Which is another quandary that we don't always know about ourselves. First thing you can do is look for a therapist. The great thing is that a lot of schools are providing free access to mental health professionals, and you should absolutely take advantage of it. Like, my undergrad had them. My grad school had a therapy where you could get, like, five free sessions, I think, and then after that you had to start paying a fee, but it was, like, negotiable. But there's a lot of access to healthcare, and it's even if you're not like in the worst place ever, it's not a bad idea to go there and start talking through some of these things with them. Once you graduate, they actually also, you know, a lot of these people do work outside of counseling centers. So a lot of them may have private practices or they can actually refer you to other people. But it's also very important that you find a therapist that understands your lived experience or who works with musicians and artists and kind of understands what kind of challenges creative professionals face. If you are black, indigenous, or a person of color, or you're queer, you might want a specialist who also specializes in those. But really, someone who specializes in any of the areas you'd like to work on, anything from your your relationships with yourself, your food, others, dating, 
um, or very specific types of therapy. You can also look for people who specialize in very specific types of therapy like EMDR, CBT, or DBT. And the most important thing about all of that is basically saying that it's okay to shop around for a therapist and find someone who really suits your specific needs. Uh, especially if, for example, you might be someone who's queer, but you go to school at a religious college, in which case you might want to find a therapist off campus. I never had an issue with it, but understandably, you never know what you're going to get some places. And the other thing is, I'd also like to say you can look. I have had a couple friends tell me that they use telehealth therapists. So think like BetterHelp and all of those and a lot of people I know have had really good experiences with those, especially if you move a lot as a musician. So the point is, is that there are lots and lots of options for mental health professionals to help you. And that's a really, really good thing. Personally, I was someone who didn't really get therapy. Kind of seemed pointless to me. For some people, talk therapy works really well. And for some people, other types of therapy work really well. But I didn't really start to get it until I realized how much better I felt sharing and talking through things with an actual person who who wasn't invested in my life. You know, when you talk to your friends or your significant other or your parents or whoever, you're worried about making them upset because you're not doing well. And that kind of weighs on you as a person. So having someone who doesn't have that stock in your life can be really, really helpful. Yeah. And actually become a much safer space. Yeah. I mean, it's really kind of amazing. I think it's like in our lifetime, how just the idea and the fact that we're able to talk about therapy way more openly than ever before, it's really cool. Um, and I don't think that you need to be at rock bottom to start going to therapy. Like you could be doing great and go to therapy and it would be great. So I, I think it's just important to remember, you know, whether you decide to, you know, look into getting a therapist or not, if you don't already have one, just remembering that, you know, in music, it's it's a really tough <laughs> career path. You don't need me to tell you that. You already know it. Um, it's filled with rejection. It's filled with criticism. It's filled with a lot of things we can't control. And sometimes having somebody else to kind of help, you know, reground us um, in those inevitable, inevitable moments of, you know, feeling really out of balance or really stressed or really burnt out is always just a really nice thing to have. And especially if you're in school, if you have free access, like, Take advantage of it, even if you're doing well. Yeah. Even if you're like, oh, but I just don't have a half hour or an hour in my schedule. Like, yeah, you do. <laughs> like, yeah, you do. Make some time. Remember when we so talked about centering yourself? Yeah, this is it. I promise you, your mental health <laughs> is more important than your math homework. I do. <gasps> oh, my gosh. The math homework and undergrad. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> don't. We're not talking about nature of mathematics again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But don't take me you back there. <laughs> but yeah and, and if you're someone like me everyone processes their mental health stuff you know we talked a little bit about m journaling or meditating i personally don't like either of those <laughs> mm -hmm. i like i like to either talk through things or i'm one of those people who will really really like long replay situations in my head which i guess is like meditating if you're stressed um <laughs> no i also like running for meditation essentially but what I'm saying is therapy can be really great because you have another person to bounce your thoughts off of and they are more capable than your friends and family usually. And they are also not going to be, you're not going to hurt their feelings. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, going to therapy can be really great in, you know, helping 
you acknowledge burnout yeah and can help you kind of uh avoid it because you are you know taking care of yourself before you get to that point of ultimate burnout and in order to even be able to navigate stress or burnout you need to be able to know what your tells are right those signs are telling you "Mm, i'm not doing so well Mm, if i add that one more thing to my schedule. Huh? Ooh, if I let that person cross my boundaries and I do this with them when I really should be getting this done, like, uh, you know what I mean? You know when the bricks around you are stacking. So listen to your body, especially in moments of great stress, because your body rarely lies to you. Your mind will lie to you all the time. Your emotions will lie to you a good amount of the time, but your body never lies. And, you know, <laughs> how... What? What? <laughs> How dare you infer that when I am exhausted and I have to go to work still, (laughs) pouring caffeine into my body to tell it to stop telling me I'm tired is wrong. How could you? How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) This pumpkin cream cold brew is sustaining me. (gasps) Wait. That's right. The pumpkin stuff is back. (laughs) Welcome to this episode sponsored by Starbucks. My mental health has been healed. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Upon finding out. Um, no, I'm just totally kidding. <laughs> Catch us doing a mental health episode, but then making a shirt that says, Pumpkin Spice is my therapist. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, I'm not that obsessed, but I do I do enjoy a little, a little pumpkin flair. Okay, it's mostly just because I kind of feel like summer simultaneously felt really short but i don't know what about this summer just felt especially long and so i'm very ready for spooky season i'm very ready for cooler weather i'm ready to be cozy i'm ready um anyways (laughs) yeah we do actually also have a full episode about burnout which can also help you identify the signs of it and we talk a little bit about how to deal with it and how to get better at recognizing when you're starting starting to feel that way but i think one of the really important ways of avoiding burnout is connecting to your inner child and i think for some people this is like such a a classic like it's almost like a stereotype of a therapist phrase like what would your inner child say but it's actually really important i mean you have to remember that what we do on stage is patently ridiculous (laughs) and in order to do it you have to suspend your belief just like a kid And that's kind of what makes the best sorts of performances is kind of getting rid of that self-consciousness that we develop as adults. So when you are doing music and everything and when you are in school, like play is very important. Like you should get together with your friends. You know, it is. It's almost exactly like how it is being with your best friends. You know, when you you do really stupid stuff and you don't feel self-conscious about it because you're with your best friend. Mm hmm. Like I, when I went out, so I recently went out to LA to look at apartments and things and Michelle was working. (laughs) I showed, I showed up at her store, coffees in hand. Remember this episode is sponsored by Starbucks (laughs) with those chai lattes with an extra shot in them. Uh, But I come in like a cowboy with like the wide stance and my arms are held. It looks like a cowboy getting ready for a shootout. I look like an idiot. But Michelle knows me and has known me now for, (laughs) I hate to tell you this, you've known me for almost a decade. (gasps) That's crazy. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) And I, we won't be bringing up that fact anymore. Um, But like, that's the thing is I don't feel weird doing that in front of Michelle because I know it's just going to make her laugh. Oh yeah. I was dead. And you should get together with your friends 
and allow yourself to just be silly and stupid and talk in purely memes that only you guys understand. Like you should have those moments with people because they are very grounding. Um, and and as we've said many times, you should have a hobby outside of music. Mm-hmm. Literally anything. It could be a craft. You could uh, crochet or knit or one of our friends has taken up crocheting and now does like has a little store with it. And her stuff is amazing. <laughs> but you so can crochet good. and read or wa- it could even be watching Netflix. Like if you have a show that you love that you rewatch all the time, that it can even just be that you could be a movie buff. You could be, you know, you could go through an entire author's works, but it just need you need to have something that you identify with, that has nothing to do with music, has nothing to do with being a better musician. Like, it is just something you do for yourself. (laughs) A a pure dedication to Nicolas Cage, but just for you. (laughs) How dare you broadcast my hobby to the world? (laughs) I I want everyone to know that Nicolas Cage's new movie, Pig, is surprisingly good, and it's only 90 minutes, so I expect all of you to watch it. And catch me um. writing the opera for it. But you need to have something that not only exists outside of music, but also exists outside of practice. Like, it is literally something that is done away from all of this. And it should be something you're present in. It shouldn't be like, oh, I watch movies while I mark my score. Or, like, I scroll through Instagram. Like, you should have just something else that you identify with. Yeah. And it's also something, you know, play and this idea of like goofing around is also something that should exist inside your practice. So think to yourself, like, what as a kid would you love to sing or play? And then just spend like 10, 15 minutes doing that. I actually keep old musical theater stuff in my binder because sometimes if I'm getting really just pissed off, I like to go back and do old shows that I had a lot of fun doing. And I just like to sing through them or, you know, songs that I had, you know, when I was a kid, I really wanted to be able to sing and now i can like i have little things that i keep in my binder just for fun yeah well it's also like to any of you who have worked with kids or who have taught younger kids when you're working with kids as a teacher you know that you start off with something fun that they enjoy and then you get to the hard stuff that they maybe enjoy less and then you end their lesson doing a fun game or playing a song that they feel comfortable already playing that they've learned that they like to like you know show off it's the same thing like you can do that with yourself because that kid still exists inside of you so spending like the last 15 minutes of your practice session doing an aria you fully know that just feels good to sing is great or if you want to sing like a pop song and just have fun like awesome let that be your you know cool down from your practice session like just leave it on a good note you deserve treats too You do. I mean, that's the thing is like, I think most of us remember being a kid and we also remember when we all started to get self-conscious. Oh, yeah. But the thing is like when we look back at pictures and videos of ourselves as kids, I I think not entirely, but to some degree, a lot of us that a lot of our real self (laughs) lies there. So unbothered. Oh, this is actually so unjaded. So just free. Yeah. And The reason you want to do something like this, that you want to reconnect to, like, the person you were as a kid, like, connecting with your inner child really does build resilience. Like, it just means you're more willing to risk creative things to try and fail, which is the most crucial part about being a professional performer. I actually, I wrote an article about practice and, like, that kind of talked a little bit about why kids are better at learning than adults. 
And a lot of it has to do with their temperament for failure. Like, if you're bad at art as a kid, that's every child. (laughs) And I think for adults, we just lose our capacity to look stupid in front of other people. But, like, everyone looks dumb when they try new things. Everyone fails when they try new things. And being comfortable with failure, especially even when other people are looking at you, having such a strong sense of self that you know that you're not defined by the fact that you couldn't do something the first try, um, and, you know, losing that fear of looking weird really will make you more capable of having really amazing creative moments. I feel like I just had deja vu back to our Florence Foster Jenkins episode. Yeah. Like, who embodies this more than her? Uh, Doja Cat. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, yes, our classical music icon. (laughs) I think about it all the time, to be honest. Every time I listen to a Doja Cat song, I'm like, you know, I don't know that she has, like, the most incredible singing voice, but I do have the most fun listening to her sing. And, like, I find it so funny that she's simultaneously, she's got a very sexy professional persona, you know, Mm -hmm. these very, like, fun, like, colorful body hugging outfits. Um, But she also has a bunch of really hilarious, stupid meme videos on the Internet as well. Uh, the point is, you are either a Doja Cat, be a Doja Cat, or Florence Foster Jenkins in your world. <laughs> That's the takeaway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. <laughs> the point of all of that is, is that you should really be centering yourself in this upcoming year and your mental health. And sometimes that means making accommodations for yourself where you let things not be as important. And that you really seek out balance and happiness and sustainability in your life. That you look for things that you can actually do instead of cramming the most of everything all the time. Because it feels like to get ahead you need to do that. But the people who end up sticking around are usually people who focused on balance and health. Amen. Yeah. Well, one last thank you to our administrator, M for helping us build this outline. Yeah. Um, We hope you guys enjoyed this episode let us know if you want us to do a continual series about just mental health in general as it relates to music school as it relates to post-grad uh beginning your career and this is something that definitely interests us um and i know from what we can see our audience has a lot of interest in it as well so let us know our dms are always open you can dm us at opera stage on instagram we're on facebook youtube twitter tiktok you know all the places. So come say hi. We love chatting with you guys. And if you're interested in joining our 30-day challenge, once again, you can find the link in our show notes along with a couple other articles we use to help build out this episode there as well. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.